Okay, so we're back. Week 11. Week 11. Week 11 was good, was awesome. Um, I did a good job with my picks. I went 11-3 and three in week 11 with my picks. I did a hell of a job. I'm going to get you guys updated on that. Um, we had a lot of matchups, but we got a lot of big matchups coming up for week 12. Week 12 going into um, the Thanksgiving break, Thanksgiving week of week 13. We are loaded. We are jam-packed. I got Cowboys, I got Patriots, I got Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. I have all of that in one today. Um, we're packed, we're loaded, and also, not to not to forget, my weekly top 10 teams, Isaiah top 10 teams, going into week 11, I mean week 12, excuse me. My top 10 teams going to week 12, I have all of that here for you today. So are you guys ready? You guys ready? If you want to hear all that, just stay tuned, like right now. Okay, welcome back once again. Um, if you are a regular lens listener to the podcast, you would know what kind of episode this is. This is where I give my weekly top ten. Uh, I give a lot of before I go into my weekly top ten. I give a lot of thought on my top ten and what I think of these teams. Um, I do this very orderly. Um, I have it structured nicely. I have things pinpointed that I want to say about each team. So if you aren't a regular listener or a weekly listener to this type of episode, this is where I break down my top 10 teams. Um, I don't think these are the best 10. I think these are the best 10 teams as, as far as going into this week, week 12. So let's go. A couple of these teams play each other um, this week. So maybe the list will sort itself out next week. It may look different. And by the way, my list often changes so if you are a regular listener you'll see that from last week my list has changed um dramatically and where some teams are so without further ado let's get to the funky business um let's go so at 10 at 10 to start off at 10 i have the raiders the oakland raiders uh i completely doubted this team Early in the offseason, early in the postseason, in the preseason, excuse me. I doubted this team. I didn't know specifically, I didn't know like how good they were going to be. Uh, I questioned John Gruden. I questioned Mike Mayock. I questioned all of this, practically all of the acquisitions that they made in the offseason. I questioned. Um, because, I mean, it did. It contradicted what they were all about and what they wanted to be all about. But it has worked. They run the football well. They have a good old line. They, they 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 allow the fourth fewest sacks in the league. 
Derek Carr is playing terrific. I think this Sunday he started off the game with 11 straight completions. So he's nice. He's nice and efficient this year. They can play power football, or they can get a little finesse. It's it. it they have multiple variations and styles where they can thrive in. So Raiders at ten. Um, at nine the Chiefs. I had the Chiefs at nine. Um, the Chiefs. I like them. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. He's talented. Andy Reid is a creative play caller. But what else do the Chiefs do well? They can't stop the run. They're 26 in total defense. They're 30th in rush and rush defense. They can't stop the run, and they're they're just a bad defense overall. And hey, and, 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 get this: they forced four turnovers last night, four interceptions. The game can't still was a seven-point game. They should have blew San Diego out of Mexico. They should have blew San Diego out. I mean, the Chargers out of Mexico. I mean that was that that was a bad performance and it's almost like they need Mahomes to be extra special to win. I broke this whole I broke this whole thing down on on, on last week on, on the last episode when I was talking about Patrick Mahomes. At eight the Cowboys. Um this roster's good. This roster's good. Um I don't like how the way their defense been playing the last two weeks. Uh Kirk Cousins, I mean they let him score twenty eight points, but they had Jeff Driscoll scoring 28 points, too. Jeff Driscoll had scored 27 points. That's, that, that, that shouldn't be happening. That shouldn't be happening. That's a problem, and they haven't forced a turnover in two weeks, either. So, they're 21st in turnovers or in takeaways, and they let Jeff Driscoll, a backup quarterback, and Kirk Cousins torch them back-to-back weeks. Coaching there, and their defense is scaring me a little bit. But Cowboys at 8. At seven, I have the Vikings. The Vikings. Here, here, this this all needs to be said about the Vikings. I think I think they're I still think they're fools gold. Uh, they were down. They had a they had to come back from a twenty point deficit against the Broncos. Really, Kirk Cousins' record against five hundred teams or better. He's four and eight. I don't trust it, but. This roster is really talented. They have two of everything. They got two good wide receivers, two good line. I mean, they are they they're talented and they're loaded just about everywhere. But I just don't trust the quarterback position. I'm sorry. At six, the Packers. The Packers are at six. Um, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has been a little up and down this year. Um, he's been more good than bad though. So I gotta give him credit for that. But Rod. He's been a little bit more. He's been up and down this year, and I just don't know what to say about them. Their defense started off well early in the season, like the first four to five weeks, but they played some bad quarterbacks. Let's just be honest. They played bad or average quarterbacks the first few weeks, and since then their defense have been struggling, and you can really run the ball on, on, on Green Bay. Like, these NFC teams can really just manhandle Green Bay. So that's one of my issues with Green Bay. But I had them at six. At five, the 49ers. I had the 49ers at five. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's been playing good these last few weeks. Uh, they, they, they have, they quite frankly, needed him to. Uh, Seattle was able to stop the San Francisco run. Um, Arizona was able to stop the San Francisco run. Not, it doesn't help when Matt Breida is, is hurt as well. 
And then I think the biggest component to the offense, George Kittle has missed. A, he's missed the last few games as well due to a knee injury. So I think he is the engine that makes them go. But Jimmy Garoppolo is doing a good job. He's doing a good job with maintaining the fort. Um, they got a tough stretch coming up here now. They got Green Bay, Baltimore, and, and New Orleans. This is really going to show me where San Francisco really is. Okay? So be on the lookout for these next three weeks. They play Packers, Baltimore, New Orleans. At four, I have the Patriots. The Patriots, I like them. I like them a lot. I like their defense a lot. They were able, they're able to win games multiple ways. They have a multiple they have a multitude of ways of winning games. But, but offensively, they worry me. They worry me offensively. I don't like I don't see a guy that can break one for 60, 70 yards. I don't see that guy. I'm still I still haven't seen that guy that they have on that roster that can take that can make a 10 yard a 7 to 10 yard slant route and turn it into a 50 yard touchdown pass. I explosion on their offense and that worries me about the Patriots. Uh, at three, the, the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks at three. Russell Wilson right now, I, I, Lamar Jackson's playing great. But Russell Wilson right now, he's my league MVP. He is my league MVP. He's doing more with less. This Seattle team, if you look at their losses, they lost against New Orleans and Baltimore. Baltimore and New Orleans are on my list. And they're above Seattle. Uh, th these Seattle's good. Their defense is starting to turn it up a little bit, especially their front seven. Um, Clowney really came to play against the 49ers on that Monday Night Football game. He was special. He was special. And I just, I love Seattle. Um, they've won four overtime games. So down the, down the stretch, well, I, tr I trust Russell Wilson with the ball in his hands to make a play. I trust him more than any other quarterback in this league right now. I, I mean, just for, right for, just for right now, I trust him more than I trust anybody else. In football, two-minute warning, I Russell Wilson. Saints. Um, the Saints, they came off a bad loss against Atlanta, but that was fine. They came back, beat Tampa Bay. Offense looked explosive. Their defense still played well, even without their all-pro corner, Marshawn Mar Mar Lattimore. They still played a hell of, hell of a defense a game. Um, it, that's not that's not hard to do with Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston's a turnover machine. But, but I I love the Seahawks team. Front seven is great. Uh, O line is okay. Uh, like similar to New England, they don't have a guy that can break one for 60, 70 yards. But I, they have they have better weapons in New England. They got Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas having a great season as well too. They have better weapons than them. But I. The Saints at two. And at one, at one, I have the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are clearly right now the best team in football. Um, and I, I've been saying it, for, I've been, I said it before they went on this little hot streak and everybody's talking about them. I said it before, I said it early in the season. Baltimore runs the ball well, they run the ball well. And, oh, did I forget to tell you that they run the ball well? Baltimore runs the ball really well. 
and they control time possession. They lead the league in rush yards, rush offense, and time of possession, and total offense, and points. That is not, that's not a myth. That's no myth. They are legit. Baltimore is legit. Baltimore is legit. Um, Their defense is coming around. They have some nice DBs. I like their front seven. Baltimore is coming a long way. Baltimore right now is the best team in football. Best team in football right now, the Baltimore Ravens. Without a shadow of a doubt. So that is my top ten. I will be back on the next segment to talk about what went down week 11. Top 10 finish. Okay, so I'm back. I'm ready to talk about what happened, what transpired in week 11. Week 11 was good. Week 11 was great. So, how about we start off with Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football, we had the Chiefs and Chargers. That game was played in Mexico. In Mexico City. Um... It was a Chargers home game. Finally, the Chargers had more had uh, had more of their fans attend their game than any other game this year. Good for them. Um, it was more. I think it was sixty-seven percent Charger fans and thirty-three percent Chiefs fans. Now we can start with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City. I came on here and told you guys what they were last week. I broke Kansas City down and what they basically were last week after the Tennessee loss. Yes, I know Andy Reid is a phenomenal play caller. I know he has a he has a phenomenal offensive mind. His, uh, he, he has one of the best offensive minds in the sport. I get that. I get that Patrick Mahomes is probably the most talented quarterback in the league right now. I get that he's talented. I get he can make all the throws in the book. Yes, he can. I get all of that. But this can't be this pos this can't be possibly the team that some people coming into the season, and quite frankly, some still do think that this is the team that's going to replace New England. This is not going to, this is not going to be the team that replaces New England. 
This is not going to be the team. I told you what this Kansas City team is and what it reminds me of. It reminds me of those Packer teams led by Aaron Rodgers with no defense and couldn't, couldn't run the ball and average offensive lines. It reminds me of 2011 from 2018 Packers teams. Aaron Rodgers is talented, and that's it. Just like this Kansas City team. Andy Reid, great offensive of mind. Patrick Mahomes is talented. This team don't run the ball. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, mind you, Patrick Mahomes last night was the Kansas City Chiefs' leading rusher. Do you really want your $200 million quarterback being your leading rusher? Do you want that? Coming off a, a broken, a dislocated kneecap surgery or injury? Excuse me? An injury off a, uh, off a dislocated kneecap? You really want your quarterback being your leading rusher? And then don't, 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 don't even get me started with the defense. Okay, so what? They forced four interceptions. So what? Phillip Rivers is a turnover machine. Phillip Rivers, that, that's a part of his job now. He generates turnovers. He's a, he, he's a turnover machine. He generates turnovers. So what? They got four interceptions. Kansas City won by seven. Kansas City got four interceptions. Kansas City should have won by 20. This game should have been 44-21. It was 24-17. This game shouldn't have been close. This game, quite, this game should not have been close. And as as we're coming down the stretch of the season, um, I'm a little bit surprised that the AFC West is a is closer than what it is. Kansas City only has a game up on the Raiders. Raiders are six and four. Kansas City seven and four. They play this week. They play week this week coming up. This this game is practically for the division. This game is practically for the division. If Kansas City win, this would be the second win. Um, they would have swept Oakland this year, and Kansas City would probably just win a division from there. And I think Kansas City will win a division from there because I think Kansas City is a little bit better than Oakland, just a tad bit better than Oakland. But I look at Oakland. That I look at Oakland today. You wake up this morning. You wake up today, and you're like, "Holy shucks! Holy shucks! Holy shucks!" Oakland. Can run the ball. Oakland can throw the ball. Oakland can play finesse. Oakland can play old school. They can force turnovers. Derek Hart don't get sacked. You look at Oakland like, oh, wow. Oakland does that well. They do a lot of things well. And then you wake up this morning, you're like, Kansas City, what do they do well? Do they stop the run? No. I mean, they get they got four turnovers, but that's from Phillip Rivers. Uh, they, 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 can they? Can they? Can they? Are they good defensively? No, because they're ranked twenty six. Can they run the football? No, because Patrick Mahomes is their leading rusher. What? 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 What does this can? Excuse me, but what does this Kansas City team do better than the Raiders? Okay, yeah, they're more explosive. Yeah, they probably got the be- they got the better offensive weapons, but it's not by that much. 
The Raiders have some good weapons on offense. The Raiders can they look the Raiders are a lot more versatile on offense, I would say. Because the Raiders can give you two tight end sets and, and 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 play power football. They can do that. Kansas City can't do that. Kansas City can't go t- two tight end sets, play power football, and run it 25, 30 times. Kansas City can't do that. Kansas City is not going to win like that. Kansas City only play one way. I mean, it, it helps when um, you have Patrick Mahomes. It helps. It certainly helps when you have Patrick Mahomes and the guy is just that good. Don't get me wrong. He's talented. The kid is nice. And he's going to be in this league for a long time. He, the guy, if, he, if he continues what he's doing, I mean, the records that he's breaking and the, and the records that he's on pace to breaking, if he continues what he's doing, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. So there's no doubt about him. There's no doubt about Mahomes. But I look at this Kansas City roster, and I'm like, yeah, they got they got quick dudes on the outside, but can they run the ball? You know, Kansas City doing January, it gets cold. New England, it gets cold in New England. Massachusetts, Boston. It gets cold, rainy, windy. Baltimore, it gets cold, rainy, windy. You're not going to be throwing the ball. This Kansas City team, I, I, I like Patrick Mahomes. I love him, and I love to watch him play. He's one of the few guys that I just I, I just love to watch him play, and I love his style. I love his style. I love his throwing motion. I love it. I love all of it. But I look at this Kansas City roster. I'm like, no matter how much I love Patrick Mahomes and I love how the way how how much of a talent he is, no matter how much of that that he is, I still can't look past and say I can't definitively say that they are a Super Bowl team. Like right now, I can say Baltimore. Baltimore has a recipe. They know who they are, and Baltimore is a Super Bowl team right now. Baltimore runs the ball. They control, they control time possession, and Lamar Jackson is not their only identity. Now, he's one of their biggest identities. Yes, he is, but he is not their only identity. They can run the football. They have, they have burners on the outside. They have a nice tight end, Mark Andrews. They, their defense is slowly emerging. They're getting guys healthy. They made a couple trades and moves. Their defense is slowly getting better. I don't know how me. I mean, I mean, I've been saying that for the last two weeks. It's not slowly getting better. It's getting better rapidly. I look at Kansas City. I can't sit here and say Kansas City is this. I can't say that they're that that, that they're that that they're Baltimore. That they're Super Bowl contenders. New England, despite their new despite their offensive problems and lack of deep threat and lack of explosive plays. You really, you, you are we really gonna sit here and say that New England is not a contender? All New England has to do win the division. All New England, all New England has to do is just win out, and they're they're fine. Everybody's talking about what's going on with New England. Nothing's going on with New England. No, no, nothing. New England's gonna they're gonna lock up home for the advantage. They're gonna be the one or two seed. They're probably gonna be the the, the one or two seed. 
They're going to get a week's rest. They're going to play one game in Foxborough. And then, then the AFC Championship. Nothing's wrong with New England. It's just that they have, they, have some prob- they have some lingering problems on their offense. They got some lingering problems on their offense. Running game inconsistent. Brady is 42. Let's just be honest. Brady is 42 and he looks like it. There's no see. That's no secret. He has three games this year where he hasn't even thrown a touchdown pass. Brady looks for. He looks like he's forty-two. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Brady hasn't looked this bad in like ten years. There's nothing wrong with it. And the lack of explosiveness on the offensive end. But I can't just sit here. And say that Kansas City is a Super Bowl contender. I can't. And it, it, that would be hard for me to do. To sit here and tell you guys that they are. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Love their offense. I love Travis Kelsey. I love Andy Reid. I love Patrick Mahomes. I like what they have on offense. As far as their receiving core. I like that. But. LaShawn McCoy. Uh, he, you know. They haven't really. They use him as a pass catching back. Most times when I see him, he's catching the ball out of the backfield. So they're using him as another receiving as another receiving threat. Not really doing much on the ground. Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher last night. Sorry. I, I I'm sorry. I think that you know, I think they'll go to the playoffs. I think they'll probably win a couple of playoff games. Cuz they won't have I don't think they'll have the one or two seed. I think they'll be the 3 seed, but they have to win in the wild. They win the wild card round. They're probably, depending on who they face, they can probably win another game. But Super Bowl title, nah, nah. Now, if this Kansas City defense, if this Kansas City roster had somewhat of a semblance of like just a, a just a sniff of defense, just a sniff of defense, of course, certainly. But you can't stop the run. Baltimore loves to run the football. And we all know New England will change their game plan so quickly that they will run that ball 30 times down your throat if you can't stop it. Oakland loves to run the ball. Oakland does a good job at running the ball. So, I, I mean, 26 in defense. 26 in defense. 26. I don't know what you want me to say. In total defense. I'm sorry. I don't know what you want me to say. I can't. I can't. I can't trust that. I can't trust that. I like Indianapolis. But Indianapolis. uh, They worry me offensively. But their defense is nice. Kansas City. Defense is not good. Defense is good. Now, let's go on to the other side of the spectrum with the Chargers. Here's what I think the Chargers should do. Once again, like I said a week and a half ago, or about 10 days ago, when I, mentioned, when I first mentioned Phillip Rivers and his future, remember what I said. I said, hey, the Chargers should not develop nostalgia 
And they should buy. I mean, he's he has an expiring contract this year. He's a free agent this year. The Chargers should look to make another move in the quarter at the quarterback position. That's what I said. Business is not booming with the Chargers right now. So they're, they're, first of all, here's the, here's the reasons why I think the Chargers should move off of Phillip Rivers. First of all, they're in L.A. In L.A., it's a big market, of course. Duh. You're competing. Duh. You're competing with the Lakers, Dodgers, Rams, Kings. L.A. Kings. It's a hockey team. You're competing with all those guys. Clippers. I'm sorry, Clippers. You're competing with all those guys. You got to have some attractions. You got to be able to sell tickets. You got to be able to sell tickets. You're competing with the Raiders as well. You got to be able to sell tickets. That's the key thing. You're in LA, so you need you need to be you need to be marketable. Old, slow, unathletic quarterback, uh, not marketable. Secondly, Rivers has made it quite. He's made it clear he does not want to move his family to LA. Mind you. Just to get the just to travel to practice is a ninety minute drive because he still resides in San Diego. It's a ninety minute drive and a ninety minute commute from him to go to his home to practice. That's that's two points. Third point is this is a slow. He's a slow, unathletic, older quarterback with a average offensive line. Mind you. The league is transitioning into a new wave. Now, if you look at all the young quarterbacks that's thriving, they can move, they're athletic, they can make plays with their legs if they have to. Uh, like I said, I'm not sh- this Lamar Jackson kid, he is good. He is absolutely phenomenal. Now, I don't know how sustainable it is, but I can tell this is, gonna, this is a trend. This is a trend that's going to be that's that's going on throughout the league. You got to have a mobile quarterback with at least some mobility with some legs to get out the pocket when when trouble when trouble is near because Philip looked bad last night. Did you see Philip Rivers last night? Four interceptions. Four interceptions and a game cost a game losing interception. Two minute one, two minute drive goes down the field, throws an interception in the red zone. So that that that's a third point. My three points so far. L.A. You gotta be marketable. You're not gonna be able to. You're not gonna be able to sell tickets with an old, slow, unathletic quarterback. Second point is the commute. Philip has made it. Philip Rivers has made it completely clear he does not want to move to L.A. Third point. The league is trending in a new direction of quarterbacks. You gotta have you got you gotta have this. You look at guys like Jared Goff. Jared Goff is struggling a little bit because he's playing a little soft right now, according to some GMs or executives. He's playing a little soft. He's not mobile. He's a pocket passer. And he's not mobile and he's not able to escape pressure. You look at all the young quarterbacks that's having success. Lamar. Russell Wilson, even though Russell Wilson's not like young like those guys, but Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Dak, Calamari. Look at this, look at all the quarterbacks that's having success. They can move. They can move a little bit. 
Make him move a little bit. What can I say? What can I say? Carson Wentz. These are guys that can move. Philip, Philip Rivers is old and slow. Patrick Mahomes can move a little bit himself. Philip is, Philip Rivers is old and slow. Those are my three points why I think the river that, that, that I think the Chargers should, should part ways with Philip Rivers. And this is my thing. I think with and here and here go my thing with Tua. Because if you did if you didn't know, here go my thing with Tua. Tua with Tua getting hurt, Alabama star, star quarterback, Tua Tonka Valoa, with Tua Tonka Valoa getting hurt this past Saturday, his draft stock is gonna drop. Cause he's a he's a miniature guy, who has faced a lot of injuries so far in his young career. He's faced some he's faced some serious I mean some serious injuries, like that ankle sprain he had a couple weeks ago. Serious. Um, dislocated hip, of course. He faced some serious injuries. And teams gonna have question marks. Teams gonna have red flags. So he's gonna drop a little in the draft. Like Miami's not gonna pick that. And that's good for Tua. This is a win-win for Tua Tangavaloa and a win-win for the Chargers. It's a win-win for both sides. Tua no longer is gonna be a top draft pick. I don't think so. With him, I, th- I think with him getting injured. He, his draft stock is going to drop a little bit. He doesn't have to go to Miami or Cincinnati with battle lines and bad players around him. He does not have to be in that environment. But with a team like the Chargers, who probably not going to make the playoffs, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're four and seven. With a team like the Chargers, nice weapons. On offense, nice solid, I mean, great pass rushers, nice solid secondary with Tua. You tell me that don't look good. You add Tua to this Chargers team, you tell me that don't look good. You don't think, I, I think, I think that connects all three points. Tua, I think he's gonna he, he's gonna be marketable. He will be marketable enough where the Chargers can sell tickets in LA with drafting Tua. Second, you move over Phillip. Third, you get a young athletic quarterback who can move and throw as well. You get a young mobile quarterback that fits today's Play style. The old, slow, rugged quarterbacks don't work. Eli, don't work. These old, slow, rugged quarterbacks don't work. Hell, even Brady's struggling this year. You get Tua. I think the Chargers need to draft Tua. He's gonna drop a little bit because the Chargers are not gonna be as bad as the Redskins or the or the Bank or the or Cincinnati. They're not gonna be as bad as them. 
But, but, they need to draft Tua. Or plan B could be Cam. Cam Newton. Cam Newton's much cheaper on the, on the market now. The, the Panthers, all, all, you know, all, all signs are pointing to the Panthers. Moving on. You can go out to Cam Newton. Who's also marketable. Star veteran. You know. I mean, we all know his weaknesses, but Cam Newton's a good talent. You can have that too as your plan B. But for me, if I'm the Chargers, my top priority in the draft, Tua Falls, I pick Tua. And with this with his latest injury, his latest severe injury, he's gonna probably his draft stock is gonna dip. His draft stock is gonna dip, and this is where the Chargers have to snatch him up. Phillip no longer work he he no longer works in the league no more. He no longer works in the league no more. Simple as that. He no longer works in the league no more. And it's fine. I'll be back. Okay, so I am back. Um, <clears throat> so I talked about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Monday Night Football game. I want to get into what happened on Sunday as well. Um, the Cowboys beat the Lions, America's team. They beat the Cowboys beat the Lions, thirty-five twenty-seven. Dak played. He played wonderful once again. Uh, really saved the Cowboys. And if it wasn't for him and Zeke playing well down the stretch, he probably don't win this game. Uh, defense struggled a little bit, uh, but I think that they, I don't think talent is the issue. Well, I know talent is not the issue on their defense. Uh, I think it's just a lack of like schematic things, which once again goes back to coaching. This leads me to my point. This defense should not be giving up points to Jeff Drisco. and I know you guys will say, "Oh," some of you guys will say, "Oh." The players actually got to go out there and play. But no, this thing is not about talent. This thing is not about talent. 
I know the pa- I know the Cowboys, their D linemen, their pass rushers, they don't really have a run stopper. Like Michael Bennett is a pass rusher. Demarcus Lawrence is, a, is an elite pass rusher. Um, Woods is a pass rusher. Um, um, Robert Quinn, he's a pass rusher. So they got a lot of pass rushers, guys can get to the quarterback. And they get you in the passing down, and your O-line, it, uh, Dallas can really hurt you. Dallas can really hurt you when they get you on a passing down, and and they're, they're, they let their pass rushers run free. That's where they get really dangerous, and their linebackers are running to the ball. But, but, what hurts the Cowboys is the pass rushers run, back, run right past the run. So the, the the opposing team online just goes right at the linebackers, the really the strength of the defense, and they get killed. They get killed time and time again, and they, and they be getting killed by the same running concept or same concept since the Rams game, since the since the playoffs again, since the Ram playoff game. They've been kidding. They've been getting killed by the ins in the inside zone read run. The inside, not the read option, but the zone read runs. They get killed by time and time, and the te- the teams keep throwing it over and over and over again. Some point in time, this you have to point the finger at coaching schematically, and this is what is going to put the Cowboys behind the eight ball. This is what separates. I I, I don't like Minnesota. I don't like Kirk Cousins. I don't like Kirk Cousins. Let me not say that. I don't like Kirk Cousins. Um, I think Minnesota and Dallas have one of the best rosters in football. But would it surprise me? I think I feel like Minnesota has a better record right now. Is some of it is due to them coach their coach. Some of it is due to them knowing what they have to do schematically. Mm. I don't excuse me. I don't think New Orleans has a better like roster on paper than the Cowboys. I don't think a lot of these teams have better rosters on paper, just on paper and from a from 1 to 22. I don't think a lot of teams could really match up with the Cowboys. I think Minnesota could really match up really well from 1 to 22 in their starters, from like starter from a starter standpoint. I think the the Vikings can match up pretty well. They probably have the better team, probably the Vikings, because they got two elite wide receivers, uh, a deep tight, a nice tight end, a good solo line, an elite running back, good front seven, good linebacking core, and a and probably a better secondary. But outside of that, who can really match for match the Cowboys? From like one to twenty two, eleven on eleven, who can really match what they can do? Nobody really. If you think about it, nobody. New England, uh, have you seen New England offensive personnel? Kansas City, uh, defensive personnel. New Orleans, mm, linebacking core, don't really know them. I don't think there's there. They, 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 I think Minnesota is probably the team that can you can pair Mac, you know, that you can compare, that they're comparable with. But 
Forget about the roster. We all know how good the damn roster is. Coming into this Sunday, the Cowboys are a seven-point dog going against New England at New England. They're a seven-point dog. If Bill Belichick and Brady, if Bill Belichick and Jason Garrett was to switch sides. Would the Cowboys be a seven-point underdog? I don't think the Cowboys would be a seven-point underdog. I think, actually, if Jason Garrett was the coach of the Patriots and Bill Belichick was the coach of the Cowboys, Cowboys would probably be favorite. I mean, if you look at the offensive personnel that New England has, the way how Brady's been playing, yeah, their defense has been stellar, but... Belichick is somewhat the mind of the... He's the brain of the whole, like, success. He's the brain to the whole formula. Not to take take away anything... Not to take anything away from those guys, because those are very talented guys that they have in their defense, especially their secondary, but... He's the engine. What you want me to say? So if the Cowboys had Bill Belichick on their sideline, I think they would be favored. Not even so much, like, underdogs or seven-point dogs, but they'd be favored. And it's very similar to the Warriors. The Warriors before Steve Kerr. The Warriors, think about it. Just think about it. The Warriors under Mark Jackson, flashy team, nice flashy players, Cowboys, that's what the Cowboys are right now. Cowboys, flashy team, with some nice flashy young players. Zeke, Mark Cooper, Dak, Gallup, Vanderbilt, nice players. Warriors, Steph, Clay, Draymond. Nice players. But Mark Jackson was a great coach. Mark Jackson, they had won 50-plus games. Check. Even in, the deep, even in the deep Western Conference, the Warriors were winning 50 games with Mark Jackson. Yeah. Hell, they even won a series with Mark Jackson as the coach. That sounds equivalent to the Cowboys. Jason Garrett in the deep NFC... He gonna win you 10, 10 to eleven games on a yearly basis. Ten to eleven games. Jason Garrett's the guy. And you know he'll get a home playoff game, and he'll probably win that game, like he's done, like he's done the last two times. Back when they had Tony Romo, twelve and four season, they beat Detroit at home, wild card game. And then last year, they beat Seattle at home, wild card game. So, you know, Mark Jackson, Jason, they'll win you a playoff series. They'll win you a playoff game. But it wasn't until the Warriors moved on and hired Steve Kerr. And that's when the Warriors really went to the next level. 
Now, here goes the hard thing about it. I don't know who is the equivalent of Steve Kerr joining the Warriors. I don't know who's the Steve Kerr that would be joining the Cowboys. Who would be that coach? Would it, I, I hear Lincoln Riley a lot, but I just I almost seen Oklahoma lost to Kansas State, and I almost seen them lose to Baylor this Saturday. I don't know. Just saying. Is it Sean Payton? Would he? Be, would he? Will he be? Would he be the guy that is equivalent to the war? That's to to, to Steve Kerr joining the Warriors, and then they automatically just go to the top because that's what the Cowboys are right now. They are the Warriors pre Kerr. Pre Kerr, they are the Warriors. The Warriors with Steve Kerr. They took it to the next level. They went automatically to the next level. And that's what the Cowboys are missing with their coach. So Mark Jackson won them 50 games. Mark Jackson won your playoff series and playoff games. Same thing could be said about Jason Garrett. He won you 10-11 games. Even in the deep Eastern, even in the deep NFC. He still won you 10-11 games. And he won your playoff game. That's at home. But when you're talking about Super Bowls, NFC Championships, yeah, he falls short. He, he often falls short. Now, I want to switch gears, sort of. See, here go my thing. Here goes, this is going to lead me to my next thing. Off the Jason Gerd thing. Because we all know who the problem there is. Jason Gerd is the problem. What ha- now happened to Carson Wentz and Jared Goff? Because I think coming into this year, and you can, you can, pop, you can, include, you can include myself in this too. Because if you go back before the season started, you can go back to where I had basically listed all of my tiers of quarterbacks, and I'm willing to do that over again because some things I think some things have changed. I'm willing to do that over again. But what has happened? Because if I if my memory served me if my memory served me correct, um, and I'm just being facetious right now, but. Jared Goff, I had Jared Goff as like a better version of Matt Ryan. Like I think Jared Goff has a better arm. I think he's a little bit more accurate than Jared than Matt Ryan. So I thought he was a little bit better than Jer- Matt Ryan. Like I see him as a a, a better version of Matt Ryan because he's a little bit bigger, a little bit more mobile. He hasn't shown that. And I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know. He doesn't have an O-line. I know, I know, I know. But he, he, he has regressed. He has regressed. He, he, he hasn't had, he's had very little moments of, of us saying, Oh, Jared Goff looks really good. 
very he has little he has little to no moments of that this season. Little to none. Little to none of those type of comments have been made about Jared Goff this year. So what in the hell happened to him? O line is a problem, okay. O line is a problem and with you not being a mobile quarterback and not escaping pressure or not having the ability to escape pressure, we get how you having a battle line could affect you. Okay. But Carson Wentz, I had Carson Wentz as, like, I had, I, I, I was hoping with the MVP, I mean, because let's be honest, the season that Carson Wentz got hurt, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz was the league's MVP at that time. He just was. Let's just be honest. He he was the league's MVP at that time before he got hurt during that Rams game. Since then, we haven't quite got the same Carson Wentz. And I know what you guys are going to say. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know what you guys are going to say. Receiving core is depleted. But this summer, this, this before the season started, Carson Wentz got paid like he was a superstar quarterback. He got paid like he was an elite quarterback. So if he gets paid as an elite quarterback, he should be held to standards of such, uh, of elite status since, since he's getting paid. Like he's an elite. Right? And the Dak and Carson Wentz argument, talent-wise, okay. Carson Wentz can make throws that other guys can't. But my this is my problem with Carson Wentz. Let me let me attack my problem with Carson Wentz and then I'm gonna give and then I'm gonna talk about the Dak and Carson Wentz argument. My problem with Carson Wentz is, okay, yes, you can make the great and and the, you can make the great, terrific throws that very little pe- quarterbacks can do, if any. You can make those throws. Check. We get it. And you can turn into Superman and you can be Superman with those throws. But. He can't make the easy throws. He can't make the dumb throw throws. He can't make the seven and eight yard out routes, in routes. He can't make the easy and simple throws. I'd rather have a guy that can make those intermediate throws, those bang, bang throws, those nice and easy throws where you take the check downs. I, I, I'd rather have a guy that can make those throws than a guy that can have that can make tr- like amazing throws down the field when you need them to. Yes, that's a great ability to have. But what good is the, what good is it serves you if you can't make the short and intermediate throws, the throws that are that that should be money, the throws that should be on the money that should be in between the numbers. Carson Wentz doesn't make those throws. But he doesn't make those throws, and I feel like. He is not getting banged on, not getting criticized nearly enough. Because I look at a guy like Dak. Dak gets picked. And I know with Dak being the Cowboys quarterback, 
that that that's a big title. That 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 hold that holds a big title. That says a lot. With the guy, that's 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 a that's one of the biggest brands in football. That says a lot. But also, Carson Wentz gets paid. Many tend to think coming coming into the season, many t- thought that Carson Wentz is better than Dak or was better than Dak. So far in their careers, Dak has been better. Dak and hit Dak has beaten the Eagles, Carson Wentz Eagles, four straight times. Dak has more touchdowns. Dak has less interceptions. Dak has a better completion percentage. Dak has a better QBR. Dak has more wins. It's funny that when I when I bring up Dak, it's funny that you know years last year I used to bring up Dak in the quarterback arguments. And I used to bring up how many games Dak won. And I used to bring up that nobody has won more games in the league. Since Dak has entered the league, no more, nobody, no other quarterback other than Tom Brady has won more games. But now when I bring up Dak in quarterback comp- in comparisons, wins don't, wins matter all of a sudden. Oh, Dak can't beat this guy. Dak don't beat this team. Dak don't beat that. Dak has the most wins by a quarterback since he's into the league other than Tom Brady. Nobody has won more than Dak since he's into the league. I've been saying that since last year, but all of a sudden, wins matter now. Wins didn't matter last year when I was bringing that stat up. Dak has net Dak has beaten the Redskins multiple times, three straight times. Dak has beaten the Eagles four straight times. Dak has beaten. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Dak has beaten the Giants six straight times. What what is it to talk about? What is it to talk about? But all of a sudden, wins don't matter. We don't, we, we, now we account for wins, but when I brought up wins in Dak's argument, in Dak's case, oh, we just threw the wins out of the window. We, we, we just, we just put that stat on the rug. But all of a sudden, I mentioned Dak in the MVP conversation. I mentioned Dak, like, you can't name 10 other quarterbacks this year that's been playing better than Dak this year. You can't name 10 other guys. And if you fail to admit that Dak has gotten better, you're just you're just a hater. If you just can't admit that you have not seen progression from Dak Prescott this year, you 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 are you are a hater. You are a bona fide hater if you cannot say that Dak has not gotten better. Dak has truly gotten better. You can't you, you you can't say he hasn't. You cannot say that Dak has not gotten better. I'm not gonna allow you to sit here and tell me that. That's why I'm telling you guys. But I just had to get off my chest. What happened to those what happened to Jared Goff? What happened to Carson Wentz? You guys feel free to tell me. But once again, Another argument where Dak name 
it's just it, it gets it gets it gets misplaced. He gets underrated. Sad. It's sad. But I don't want to hold you guys any longer. One last thing. I want to mention Colin Kaepernick. I want to mention his situation. Now, Colin Kaepernick had a scheduled workout on Saturday at a remote place with equipment there, scouts there, all he all whatever he needed was there or was going to be at the remote location. Uh reportedly half an hour before the workout where he was supposed to work out, he changes the location, scouts don't show up. Now, this is just a little historical point for you. And it was significant before Cap did that, but now with Cap's action, actions and his unprofessionalism, with his with his with him being unprofessional, with him being unprofessional and his actions with the change of location, the day of the event, 30 minutes before the event or the before the workout starts and the and the the PR stunts that he pulled before that this was a historical point because I, because his his workout was held in Atlanta Atlanta Georgia the same Atlanta Georgia that let Muhammad Ali fight fought he they this is this is the same Georgia that let uh, uh, Muhammad Ali fight when Muhammad Ali went through his troubles and he couldn't fight for three years. Muhammad Ali didn't fight for three years. Colin Kaepernick was out of the league and has been out of the league for three years. And they both had an opportunity to get back to their professions in Georgia. Just a little correlation. Just things that just happened coincidentally. Three years, Muhammad Ali couldn't fight. Three years, Colin Kaepernick hasn't played in the NFL. Ali can fight in Georgia. Kaepernick gets a workout in Georgia where we thought he potentially could have had a job. He screwed that up. But, like I said, I don't want to hold you guys any much longer. Adios, amigos. Life is a series of moments. Life is a test, so you got to pass it. Life is a series of moments. You got to be glad. Um, I'm going to come up with a saying. But be glad, guys. Um, be blessed. Have a blessed week. Um, I'm going to talk about next episode. We're going to talk about the College Football 4. What I think about it. The latest rankings. I got that for you guys. Um, more on week 12 matchups coming up. Um, probably a little bit more updates on the NBA. I know you go I know you guys love to talk about the NBA. So we're gonna get more updates on the NBA. That's it, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen. Not just fellas. I'm sure there's ladies that listen. I'm out. See you.